Welcome to Extra Time here on LCFC TV and LCFC Radio. Uh, I'm Dan Bates. Over the course of the next 45 minutes to an hour, uh, I've uh, got the pleasure to be alongside Jerry Taggart, Tony Cotty and Steve Walsh. Uh, good afternoon, gents. We're going to be talking, obviously, about the, the game and the win at Norwich. Um, we'll do some other bits as well. We'll talk about Harvey Barnes's uh, contract extension. We'll talk about the Europa League group. Uh, having seen that draw, of course, on Friday. And there's a little bit of a quiz at the end, which I know Walsh is really looking forward to. Uh, so, yeah, good afternoon, gents. How are we all? Very well. well. Yeah, good, Batesy. Excellent. Uh, we'll start with you, Jerry. obviously, because, uh, well, both you and Walsh were on our coverage, weren't you, at the weekend? <clears throat> the, the game with Norwich and a very, very important three points. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's probably the most important thing you can... You know, take out of the game was the fact that they got over the line, got the three points in a very, very difficult game. Uh, I think when you analyse the game, you have a chance to sit back and actually analyse it, i.e. let it sink in for a couple of days. And, you know, it's fair to say that Leicester probably aren't playing at their best at the minute. But, you know, they've got six points out of a possible nine, losing to a very, very, uh, a very good West Ham team. so, you know, and, and Brendan Rodgers, although he, you know, will, I wouldn't say he'd be too concerned, but obviously in the background, he'd be thinking, how do, how do I get the team back to the style of play, the Christmas, the crispness of passing that we're, we're used to seeing at the minute. At times, it's just not quite happening over the course of 90 minutes. But on the flip side, you know, it'd be absolutely over the moon that his team aren't playing as well as they can do, but still winning games which, you know, must be a real thought for him. Yeah, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it, Tony? But you often hear about the very best teams when they don't play well, they're still able to pick up points. And that is, as Jerry's referenced, kind of what Leicester have done so far this season, obviously barring that disappointing result at the London Stadium. Yeah, well, I was at the London Stadium then for that game and, you know, as much as I was pleased being a hammer, you know, looking, you know, analysing the Leicester performance, I was hugely disappointed um, I think the main reason I felt on the night was just the the, the lack of intensity, the, the slowness of the play and, the, you know, just the build-up. Everything was just a little bit laboured and that. But I think that can happen in the early games of the season. You know, I mean, the teams that we all played, we, we prided ourselves on trying to get off to a good start. And, you know, sometimes you have to grind out those victories, don't you? You don't play well or, you, you know, not everything's going right for you, but you... You, you, you grind out the results and you, you get the three points. And I think that was the most important thing. It, it, it was not about the performance on Saturday. It was about responding to what was, a, you know, in my opinion, a poor performance at West Ham and getting back on the winning trail again. And, and Tags is right, six out of nine points. You know, you're not, you know, they, they, Tottenham have got nine points, but there's a real clutch of teams there. And, you know, straight away, once you get those two victories out of three, it gives you a real chance and you're right in the mix here, you know, despite that one uh, disappointing performance. What did you make of Saturday, Walshie? I think the lads are right. Um, I think we're nowhere near to the standard uh, that we were at the start of last year. Uh, but let's not forget the, the long injury list that we've got um, is causing havoc, really, um, in that defensive unit. And, um, and clearly, you know, we've made a few errors that we didn't last year. I think... Um, I think the, with the crowds back and uh, the physicality of what I've noticed that we've not been up to the challenge is is, is the strength in and and um, you know obviously the, the the rules are changing with um, the, the the referees being a little bit more lenient and things but um, 
that fluent football that we play seems to be, you know, like I said on, on uh, Saturday, we're playing into a lot of dead-end streets, if you will, and we're being overturned and uh, being countered by, you know, by these teams at will. So, again, you know, I think as we, we all know, the game's changed in the way that we try and play out from the back. But I think it's been our downfall at the minute with um, playing into people and who were tightly marked, overturned, and we're in trouble. But um, but overall, look, look, let's look at the positives. Like the lads have said, three points, you know, six, six in the league. Um, you know, we've lost the one game and, it, and it, it was a poor game against West Ham. There's no doubt about that. Antonio run riot and like, uh, you know, I keep going back to that uh, physicality. But, you know, again, Ricardo's, we've got another injury um, on top of um, the long list of the experienced players missing, really. And we, I'm, I'm kind of being a little bit biased, but I think we're being harshly done by, if you will, with what kind of player, what type of player that we need. And they're all defenders mainly. And they're all the, the experienced ones who help the, the younger lads. So I think we've, we've got quite an inexperienced team out there at the moment. And um, it's, it's difficult for Brendan to to uh, to get that fluency that he wants. Um, although for 25 minutes of that, uh, that first half, we ripped Norwich apart, uh, you know, and they were struggling at the back. Um, so, you know, Ben Gibson and Hanley, they just couldn't handle us and they were dropping deep and Leicester really looked, you know, if they got that second goal when in that first half, then it could have been a lot different, um, the formality of what happened. But still, they had to grind it out. They showed great resilience in the end. Um, it was a frantic finish, as we all know. Um, but I think that's a great boost to get the, the three points through a bit of adversity, if you will. Yeah, these two have already mentioned, Walshie, about not necessarily playing your best, but still getting the points. And, and as we've referenced, it's it's so important to do that in the Premier League. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's no point looking at the table at the minute. You know, um, we obviously, I have looked, but uh, we, we were in the top four or right through, weren't we, last year? And, uh, you know, but don't forget what the influence of the um, away crowds now is massive. And we, we always said that last year. Um, not that we had an easy ride. We did very, very well away from home. But, but now you go into places that uh, uh, even Norwich was, um, you know, an intimidating place. I've played there myself. And when their fans get behind them, it's not an easy place to go. Um, but you know, like I said, I think it, it was it was key going into the international break that um, we won this game on the back of the West Ham. So just to give that squad a boost and give the give the time now for um, you know Bertrand and Vestergaard and the, hopefully you know when we come back and, and Ricardo's not too bad that we've got um, a few more additions back into the to that starting lineup because you know we're, we certainly uh, are missing them and um, and and for me. At the minute, there's no proper leader out there, and um, and that's an important key player. And, and, and obviously, Johnny Evans. I don't know where we are with Johnny, but it's not good. It's not great. He, for me, whenever he plays, he, everything just falls into place for me. I feel safe, and I don't feel safe without him. But still, we've got a we've got class players. Trying to obviously just taking too many risks. He needs to just you know. I've made mistakes myself and Jerry would tell you the same. You know, they can, you've just got to go back to basics and play things easy. 
and you know don't try any little tricks and things that are going to you know world world class crossfield passes like he did before that the penalty when he should have stood, stood his ground you know but he'll learn from that hopefully you know he has to and he's a top class player um, but he's just going to take things a little bit easier now and, and don't take any risks and uh, and things will just come back to him you know so I, I remember like I say I make an error and I crucified myself if I ever made an error and it could last them three or four weeks you've got to get get it out of the system and uh, and hopefully he, he will and he's got time now it was a nice touch of Brendan to go up to him after the game I'm guessing you know like I said he, he must have been concerned him and telling him that uh, and you know really geeing him up a little bit uh, because he knows he's made an error and it's not a nice thing a thought and it's how how you handle players and that's what Brendan's good at you know so I thought that was a, a really good good touch and um, he, he does protect his players in that way. I think he was probably the most relieved man Jerry wasn't he in, in Carra Road that, that Leicester were able to go and get the win. Yeah, you know, it's 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 well, she's explained it brilliantly there. You know, when you're a young centre half and you know you you've got that exuberance of youth and you want to go and express yourself and you're te- you're a, he's a technically gifted player, so you're you're going to expect him to want to get on the ball and try a few things. But you've just, as as well, she said, when things aren't going your way, you just focus and concentrate on as little as possible. And when the ball comes there, can you find a blue shirt? Uh, and, and keep it as simple as that. Clear your lines when you have to, win your duels, win your battles, win your headers when you have to, and just keep the game simple. And <clears throat> he'll learn. He will learn from, from the, those mistakes. Albeit he's made a couple in the last few <coughs> games. Uh, and it's all about progressing and learning from those negative experiences and trying to make sure that, you know, that the more experience you become in the game of football, the less mistakes you make. And, He's still very, very young. And that's why, you know, centre-halves don't really mature into their uh, mid to late 20s because everybody makes mistakes on a football pitch. It's just unfortunate when you make a mistake at the back, you know, you're, you're giving away a penalty or you're giving away a goal-scoring opportunity. And, and that's why you have to really hone your skills as a defender. And when things aren't going right, concentrate on what you need to do. And that's the simple stuff. Yeah, this is a test for him now, uh, Jerry. When he goes back into the next game, because he'll be apprehensive now. He knows he's med. You know, it's how your mind can can get rid of things, and and you know, it's not an easy thing going into that next game. He needs to just, like you say, just take things easy, pass it, and look a good player, and his game will come back, and the confidence will come back because he certainly took a a, a knock in confidence. But uh, like you say, he is young enough, and um, and his and his quality. You know, we know that. So. Uh, Let's, you know, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see a good game for him in the next one. Well, she mentioned the, the injury list, Tony. I think it's something like nine senior players currently out for one reason or another. And, and it's particularly in defence where it, it's, it's hurt Leicester with the amount of players that they have missing. I'm, I'm trying to reel them off. In, in my notes, there's Johnny Evans, Wesley Fafana, James Justin, now Ricardo Pereira after picking up that injury. Then you've got the two new lads. Bertrand and, and Vestergaard, I'm, I'm sure I'm still missing another one there, but that's that's a, a long list, particularly in, in one position. I, yes, I, I know a couple of those are full-backs and, and a few are centre-halves, but in the defence, to be missing that many is, is, is a real struggle. Oh, it is, Dan. And, but, you know, but listen, it, it hurts the team. There's no doubt about that. And you, you don't want, particularly your senior ones, um, I mean, Walsh, you touched on it, didn't you? Johnny Evans, I mean, if you, you take Johnny Evans out of the Leicester defence, 
you're going to have a bit of chaos and a few problems because he's such a influential player. But um, you know, injuries is part of football. You, you you have to deal with it. You know, we we've all had our injuries, and it, there's all, there's always a time where you you need your key players, and you have big games coming up, and and they're not fit. So as a result of that, other players get opportunities. Luke Thomas is an example. You know, Amati's playing in that centre half position. I know he's not a natural centre half, but you know he's filling in as well. So players do get opportunities off the back of it. It's not ideal. And I agree with what the boys say about Soyuncu. You know, he was particularly disappointed against West Ham. He's made a mistake or a couple of mistakes against Norwich at the weekend. But, you know, he hasn't got that security blanket around him. He had the likes of Fafana and Johnny Evans and you know, good players around him in that, you know, back three or the back four, whatever Leicester played last season. He hasn't had that. You know, he's playing alongside a player that's not used to playing. That causes problems. The boys would tell you a lot better than I would. You know, but if you're... If, as another example, if you're a centre forward playing the two of you up front and you've got a regular strike partner and then he gets injured and you're playing with someone else, it is difficult because you're not used to each other's games. You've got to adapt. And if you're making mistakes as well, then it, it just puts pressure on everyone. The one thing I would say is that they can't afford to do that in the next game. I think it's Man City at home, isn't it? If you start making mistakes against Man City, then you know you, they, they will punish you. And it, well, she is right. You have to go back to basics. You don't, you know, if, if it's not quite happening for you, you know, don't try silly things. You know, don't be trying to, you know, Rolls Royce crossfield balls and all that. You don't need to do that. You just get it forward. And if you give the ball away, it's on the halfway line. You know, everyone will moan at you, but at least the ball's on the halfway line. If you're playing as a schoolboy, you're told don't play the ball across your own box. It, you know what he did. It was in a way it's unforgivable because it is a basic, and he's got to learn from it. He's only young, but you can't make mistakes like that, especially when you're experienced defenders around the team. Obviously, we'll talk about individuals, Jerry. But I think either Walsh or Tony, I can't remember which one. One or two just mentioned Dan Amati there. Now he played brilliantly, didn't he? Again at the weekend, and um, he he's done really well in that position. Yeah, it, you know, we've just spoke about it. He's not a natural centre half, but he's filled in and he's done well uh, when he's had to. And you can still see he's not natural because he doesn't always read the danger and good centre halves, good defenders will always read danger before it happens and that's where Johnny Evans comes into his own in that back line and that's the vital missing piece of the, the, the cog if you want in Leicester's back line at the minute is reading the danger and then com- communicating that danger to the other players, to the younger inexperienced players and I think that's probably one of the issues between Soy and Chu and Amati is the communication between the pair of them. Uh, but as far as, you know, Daniel Amati's athleticism, his willingness to go in and challenge for the ball, then, yeah, absolutely, you know, you can't fault him. I think he's a, he's a vital squad player for Leicester. And at the minute, he's vital in that position, starting at centre-half. And obviously, there's two or three players in front of him in that position when everybody's back fit and well. But... You know, Daniel Amati has proved yet again, like he did at times last season, that he can come in and he can do a vital job for the team. You talked, Walsh, about that that opening half an hour or so, even even you could say 40 minutes. The Leicester were, were very good, looked very dangerous, particularly on the break, getting at Norwich. Will that be something that, that Brendan Rodgers will be will be sitting at and looking at this week and, and taking that positive from the game that they were so good in that opening? Albeit they didn't, they weren't able to take the chance and make. Thinking those that were not anywhere near where we should be, but for twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes, he must have been really pleased because I did feel and look at that 
hang on a minute, we're coming back to, you can see coming back, we, we were breaking the lines of Norwich, you know, at will. Um, they had to change things at, at half time and, and they, they um, weren't as, uh, didn't press as high um, at the beginning of that second half because if they did again, they were going to become unstuck. But uh, they, they, they stuck at the, the task and they got more organised, did, uh, did Norwich. And they, were, they kind of sat back a little bit, then started to try and hit us on the break. So it, it kind of changed the momentum a little bit, you know, when they, uh, when they changed their game plan in the second half. And uh, they had to because, you know, Leicester were just too good. Um, they were just getting caught and caught and caught, you know, as a centre-back. When you've got somebody running at you, you've got a problem. And um, especially with, you know, the counter-pace that we have in the team. Um, although I think we got into great positions and, you know, and, and chose the wrong options at times. Um, that game, game could have been finished at half-time if we'd have had a little bit more thought and um, you know better uh, choices of, of, of passes or, or shots um, we could have done a lot better but but we really kind of um, give them a headache um, the fact that we were breaking them down them lines that, that they were just wide open in the end but uh, in the end they've rallied and and, um, and they nearly got a point out of it with the, with the header that uh, was it Gibson was it um, no, sorry, McLean wasn't it? McLean from from the corner, you know. So we we got away with it a little bit in the end, but uh, you know, I could imagine the dressing room because that's all it's about at this stage. Is is you know, I remember Martin O'Neill used to always say, if we could just get a good start, it sets your season off. It did last year. We won three out of three, I think it didn't we? Uh, straight from the start, and um, you, you know, with two out of three. It is a is a good uh, tally at this at this stage, so it is a good start. Although we are nowhere near what we know we can play at. Let's talk about the goals, Tony, because I know that's your favourite thing to do. A couple of weeks ago, we obviously did this show, didn't we, on on the Monday, and <clears throat> and we were talking about some unbelievable wing play from Ricardo Pereira, playing it across, and a great finish from Jamie Vardy. We can pretty much copy and paste that again because that's exactly what happened for that opening goal. Yeah, I mean, it was another fantastic goal, wasn't it? Um, you know, Ricardo done brilliant. He obviously read what Williams was going to do. He nicked, nicked in, showed fantastic pace. And what I liked about it, and, you know, same with the Wolves goal as well. We, I mentioned it, didn't I, a couple of weeks ago. He's not just smashing the ball across the goal, you know, and hoping for the best. He's actually getting his head up. He's looking at the options. And, of course, Jamie, for that Wolves goal, we made a fantastic run to the near post. This one... Again, using all his experience, he just it just holds out. And I've spoke about it before, Dan, haven't I? About you, you don't always have to run into a space. If the space is there, stand still or just put the brakes on and then wait for the ball to come to you. And there was enough pace on the ball, but I still can't emphasize how difficult the finish was and how easy Jamie made it look. You know, the way he just stroked it and it sort of curled away from the keeper into the right into that sort of side netting, wasn't it? It was absolute perfection. But it is a difficult chance because the ball did come at pace. And, you know, you've, the, the pace is on the ball, so you, you've got to get a good connection. But sometimes you see players, they're thrashing at it, and they try and smash it hard. It goes over the ball, and they just miss, miss kick it or whatever. It was just perfect technique from Jamie Vardy. Just with his body, just nice contact, side-footed the ball. It was an absolutely brilliant finish. I really thought it was a great finish from Jamie. And, you know, just, as usual, I'm not surprised because that's how good he is. Yeah, two goals already for Jamie Vardy, two great finishes. Uh, the, the second goal, the Mark Albrighton one, Jerry, was was a good team goal, actually, when, when you watch it back, and, and fantastic <laughs> play, actually, from, 
Kalecha Iheanacho came on as a substitute on that left-hand side, did really well. Yeah, he just he switched it up a bit, didn't he, formation-wise. And yet again, Kalecha comes on, makes a, a positive impact in the build-up. Uh, and this time, Jamie turns provider. You know, we spoke about the, the almost telepathic understanding that Albrighton and, and Vardy have uh, when Albrighton's on the ball. But this time, Jamie obviously turns provider for Albrighton. It's a great strike. And, and it's, a, it's a great lesson. And nobody better really than TC <clears throat> to, you know, rubber stamp what I'm about to say. You know, when you're in that position and the ball's coming out and you're under a bit of pressure, is number one, your first touch has to be absolutely spot on. And it was from Albrighton. And then from there, get your head down and get a great, try and get a good strike on the ball, which he did. Yes, it took a deflection and it, so it moved away from the keeper, but that's pot luck. And that's where you make your own luck when you're going for goal. That first touch set him up brilliantly to then go and strike the ball the way he did. And the rest, yes, there was a little bit of luck involved, but it was on target, uh, most importantly. And as I said, you make your own luck in those situations by being positive, not by trying to score, not by trying to cut back inside on his left foot and then have a clean strike at goal. And that's the lesson for any young striker or anybody who's, you know, any wide player who's coming inside off the line. First touch sets you up, get on with it, get through the ball and hope for the best. We spoke, didn't we, Walshie, before the game on, on LCFC TV about Mark Brighton and on that right-hand side and and we said he absolutely never, ever lets Leicester City down. And, and he came up trumps, didn't he, on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. You know what you get with uh, Mark Brighton And um, he's just honesty and his endeavour. Um, he's 110% every game. You, you know, you, I, I was glad to see his name in there, really, because like I've touched before about the experience, I feel that he is an influential player as well, in a sense of, what he gives the team and what, what work rate he, he puts into every game that he plays in. Now, uh, Jerry's explained the technique and the touch and out your feet and, you know, you're, you're finished. It, it was a terrific finish and, uh, and he was clinical. Um, and, and, and I'm glad he got that as a match winner because, you know, um, he, he has been for this club you know, for, for the last, what, seven, eight years, whatever he's been here, um, a terrific, um, you know, role model anyway, for any kid like, like Jerry touched on. But, but look, you know, his days are at this top level. We don't know how long, you know, he's not, he's, how old is he now, Mark Albright? He's not, he's not too, too uh, old, is he, at the moment? So he's Very still got good. some yeah. good, yeah, is he? Yeah, so he's, he's still in, in a, the end of his prime in a little, in a sense, but uh, he's a key player in the dressing room as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy he's here. I think he, he, did he sign a new contract? Did he sign a one-year? I think did he? Uh, not long ago, anyway. Here, just a good exception, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was which was pleasing because you need him around the dressing room like you need you needed Wes and you needed you know these other players. But uh, he, his his performance was was good, um, and you know again he's very versatile in where he can play in this team, and uh, he's part of a squad now that you'll probably see him on the bench more times than you will starting, but you know he's going to be ready when he comes on. And uh, especially in, into Europe, he's got experience in that. Um, he'll be a good player for this squad for the season, for the season definitely. 
Uh, I know you want to talk about the disallowed goal, Jerry, don't you? Um, it was because uh, <laughs> it was headed in from a corner. I think we all, no one expected it to be disallowed. But when you actually look at it back, Kasper Schmeichel immediately sprints to the referee. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I realised that. I, I don't know why, because, as I said before, if you're on side, you can stand wherever you want, as long as you're not in direct co- contact with the goalkeeper. Uh, so... I'm unclear why he did, but obviously he had a reason, Casper. Uh, and in any case, vision. sorry, he blocked his vision, didn't he, of where the ball was? You see, from the header, because he was straight in front of him, wasn't he? The guy McLean who headed it, so he blocked yeah, his he's vision. Not, yeah, he's he's in his line of sight, but if you're on side, well, that's that's obviously the debate with the flags going up and then the the debate afterwards, but. I didn't realise that that was an infringement. As long as you're not in direct contact with a keeper, you can stand in an onside position anywhere you want yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not, you know, trying to muscle the keeper out of the way or you're backing into him and he's off balance or whatever. But he was off though, wasn't he? But as you yeah. rightly say, the flag went up. And, <laughs> and that, at the end of the day, is that, I know I, I, I was, what, the bit I was curious about, and, and don't forget, it's not, this could happen to Leicester, down the line. And this is why it confuses me still. Sometimes they bring the lines out and sometimes they don't. And if this, this happens to Leicester down the line in another game, then I'd just be as confused and, you know, and frustrated as I was on Saturday. Why didn't they bring the lines out just to make it clear? I, I must admit, sure. I didn't think it was going to get overturned. I was... Concerned, yeah. I thought this is going to be given this, you know. Um, but look, you know, luckily VAR has come to our uh, to save us for the for this. Yeah, I mean, it's... sorry, Tags. I think I think Casper he, he, he deserves great credit because his reaction yeah. alerted basically the, didn't he, the referee and the VAR. But yeah. if Casper doesn't react like that, then they might not even like bothered looking at it to be honest with you because you know he straight away he felt I mean you can argue is he slightly offside slightly you know I, I would argue that I think mean, it was Campwell wasn't it he'd probably been yeah. a fraction lazy all he's got to do is step one foot forward and the goal would, would have stood so he's been lazy anyway but Casper's done really well because he put that uh, seed of doubt in the referee's mind and then it almost sort of forced him into making the decision I think so he's done really well with that it's the old fashioned what we used to do get round the referee come yeah, on ref what you're doing and you know just try and get him to put the put the doubt in the referee's mind and you know you know from a worrying point of view and I've spoke about it in depth last season again it was a goal conceded from a corner and it is something that I think going forward Leicester do need to correct it I've spoke about it many many times but you know, forget about offside, whatever. It was another goal from a corner that they conceded. It, it very much strikes me as, as a Tony Cotty position, that, standing in front of the goalkeeper. Dan, from yeah, a Dan, I used to love it, I, you know, because it's a position that you don't have to do anything. You, literally, you just stand on the goalkeeper. I, listen, I, I had fantastic players, in the, you know, the two of the boys here, and Matt Elliott and other players as well, Ian Marshall, Heskey, who could go and hit the ball. That wasn't my job. My job was to try and put the goalkeeper off, try and block the goalkeeper to enable the boys to go and head the ball wherever that might be in the 18-yard box. And that is the job. When you stand in that position, or you, you, you're not trying to score a goal because you're not, you're not going to score a goal for the, a heady goal from the corner. But what you will get is you'll, if, the, if the header comes in from tags and the goalkeeper saves it, then you've got your tap in. And that's a, it's a great position to be in, but you can't be lazy. You can't let everyone sort of squeeze out a little bit and you're, you're, I can't remember who the last Leicester defender was, but if Castagna, Campbell goes Castagna. on, yeah, 
He's got to go half a yard and he stays on side and that goal would have been given and that would have been disastrous for Leicester. Yeah, thankfully it wasn't given and Leicester did come away with the three points. Um, Europa League draw then took place, Jerry, didn't it, on Friday? You did the LCFC TV live show uh, <clears throat> during the draw itself. What do you make of it? It's a, it's a tough old group, isn't it, for, for Leicester City? So obviously just a reminder for those. If you don't know, Napoli, Spartak Moscow and Legia Warsaw. Yeah, very, very difficult tie. Great, some great cities to go and visit. Uh, but as far as the football is concerned, you know, some hostile environments as well inside the, the stadiums. Uh, we lose three clubs. Uh, but as far as, you know, trying to win the group, which then gets you straight into the last 16 draw, so you miss out the last 32, then it's going to be a pretty tough ask. And, and, and it'll be the same for all the other three teams. You know, I think this is probably a group where all four teams will take points off each other. I think it'll be a pretty tight group. I don't think anybody will run away with it. Uh, and it could very well, you know, boil down to the last group game to see who actually wins the group and goes through to the, you know, the last 16, to see who goes into... The playoff, I think it's the last 32 playoff, and to see who goes into, you know, the, the conference uh, trophy. Uh, so it, I think it's going to be that tight, I really do. You look at the fixtures as well, Walshy, from a, a Leicester City point of view. Obviously, they've got Napoli first, and then it's the two trips to, the, to Poland and then to Russia, back-to-back. So actually, in the first three games, it's, it's incredibly difficult. It, it certainly is. Um... But we're capable. There's no doubt about that. And again, it will be influenced by what team we've got available. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, and I think we've proved that we we're getting somewhere in Europe. Um, I think that we've been lucky. I mean, we were in the Champions League was an amazing um, thing to happen to this club, and, uh, and and we did very very well in that tournament. Um, against some, you know, top-class teams and Atletico Madrid being one that we know all about from from them days. But uh, I was just looking at, at how they started these teams, and um, I think um, Napoli uh, they, they, they scored an 84th minute winner against Genoa, who were second from bottom of the league at the minute. I know it's only early days, but some of these teams have played six games now. Uh, Spartak Moscow, they I think they're they're not hitting it off, and and Legia uh, Warsaw, they're 11th, I think, in the league and and struggling. But you can't you can't go off anything at this moment in time. Um, the, the, they're going to be tough. You know, we've got the toughest group. There's no doubt about that. That you know that that is clear. Even everybody can admit that. But um, Leicester on the day are capable of turning any of these teams over and. Um, It'd be fantastic if we can, you know, get through this stage and and give ourselves a good chance because I know that this football club is is dying to get something in this Europa League going, and um, the fans will be um, out at all these places in these new cities, lovely cities, you know, capital cities that they're going to. Um, so so we'll be prepared. I'm sure Brendan now will be watching them, seeing what they're doing, and and seeing how we can uh, turn them over because. You know, these clubs will also be thinking, Leicester City, I'll tell you what, they're decent, you know, and they'll be uh, a little bit worried about us. So, at the end of the day, you know, um, it's how we play on the day and uh, how we perform and uh, we're we're capable, like I say. Yeah, obviously, we don't know what the travel restrictions will look like, but hopefully, yes, they will be able 
to be some Leicester fans that can go and uh, to watch these games. What do you think the blueprint is, Tony, for when you look at a group stage in Europe? Is it win your three home games, try and get points on the road, or how do you think Brendan Rodgers will be looking at this? Well, I think the, the guideline's 10 points, isn't it? And it, it really doesn't matter how you get the 10 points. I think if, if you get to that 10-point mark, you know that you're pretty much guaranteed to get through in, in the competition. Um, you know, boys have spoke well about the group. I mean, listen, it could have been a lot easier. We all know that. It is a tough group. There's not, you, you can't say anything other than it being a tough group. But I think Leicester are good enough to progress from this group. There's no doubt about that. I think the one thing that stands out for me is the fact that Leicester are going to probably have to play their best team team in this in these games, all these games. You know, if you get a group where there's a couple of teams where you go, well, they're not particularly that good or whatever, then you, you'll get a couple of games where you can rest a few players and you can do what you need to do. I think particularly in the early games of this group, obviously there's six matches in the early games, you've got to play your best team. Um, on a positive note, in terms of the two away games, the, the, the Warsaw game and the Moscow game, at least they're not in November and December because like you playing in Moscow in December, I know it ain't going to be warm, that's for sure. So it's good to get those two away games out of the way in the early part of the, of the, the, the six matches there. So there are some positive things to take out of it, but I don't see anything for Leicester to be afraid. I really don't. I think if Leicester are on their game with their quality players, you've got all those defenders that you, you named down to come back into the, into the squad, with probably the exception of Fafana, you've got... Um, players to come back into the squad which will help things along it, it's it's a tough group but there's nothing to be afraid of yeah I mean it'll creep up on us as well it's all, it's the 16th of September that first game against Napoli so just over what two weeks away uh, so yes very exciting Leicester City getting their Europa League campaign back underway uh, one player that excelled in the Europa League last season Jerry was Harvey Barnes I mean he excelled <laughs> in every competition that he played in didn't he and, and he's been rewarded with a, a new contract what did you uh, what did you make of that news well, it's a no-brainer, isn't it, really, for Harvey? He was exceptional. And then when he came back, all right, he's... he's, he's I'm not saying he struggled, but he's, he hasn't really found a form yet, but that's to be expected. You know, he's been out for a long time. He's still a very young player, relatively inexperienced, but everybody can see the quality and the excitement that he brings to a game of football when he's got the ball to his feet. He's added goals to his game. Is uh, all-round team play is excellent. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of a no-brainer. Excellent work from the football club yet again to secure, you know, one of the, the bright young stars that have come through the ranks at Leicester. We yet to see him get fully back to the form that we saw last season, but I guess that is to be expected after an injury like that. Yeah, I think a bit. I know we've seen, we've seen glimpses on it, didn't we, in the, in the charity, in the community shield, sorry, where he was electric at times. And then obviously he just dropped off a bit, but you know that can happen. You know that because he's been out for so long. You, you sometimes you play on adrenaline when you're a young player like that, and you forget about you don't have the experience to manage yourself through games. And so maybe that lack of management, because of the lack of experience that he has, is probably one of the reasons why you see him not, let's say for instance on Saturday playing at his very very best, but. You don't become a bad player overnight. There's plenty more in the tank to see from Harvey Barnes. Uh, um, with a four-year deal under his, under, his, under his arm, then there's a lot, a lot of time to make sure. Let me say that again. Yeah, I think uh, Harvey Barnes in full flow, Walshie, must be pretty frightening as a defender having that coming up against you. 
Well, well, you've got to look at, at last season. You know when he he started to tear people apart. He, he you know, for me, he was going to be Player of the Year. The way he was going, um, England was was always going to be a, a great chance for him. And um, unfortunately, you know, for for that type of a really strange injury with your kneecap as well. So it, it's really give him a, it's set him back. You know, six months out of his life and his career. But he's um, he's young enough. And um, well, I think, like Jerry's just said, he he's, he's not quite hitting it on all cylinders at the minute. But um, I'm sure he does things that. Um, you know, the, I love the directness. I love the, the way that he takes players on. And, um, and don't forget, when he is at his best, we know what we've got with him. So that will come back um, in time. And, um, you know, the next few weeks, every game now that he gets under his belt, he's going to get better and better. So um, a great player, great, you know, great to see these young lads coming through um, the system at the football club. Dewsbury Hall, another one who... You know, I do rate really highly. Um, I've seen him play a few times, um, you know, in the academy and in, in the in four or five years ago. Thought this kid's got something definitely, and um, and he's been given a chance now. Um, so, and I think he'll be a good addition, and he'll be quite regular in this squad now. Yeah, absolutely. Has it come at a good time? Do you think, Tony, this international break for Leicester? You've got players like Harvey Barnes that are still returning from injury. They'll have another week in a little bit. And then you've got the likes of, of Ryan Bertrand and, and Yannick Vestergaard, who on, on the face of it seem to be short-term injuries. So hopefully they'll be back for, for straight after the international break. Yeah, they need a bit of breathing space, don't they? And, um, you know, when you get the international break, obviously some players disappear on, you know, to represent their countries. But, you know, the break sometimes can be, it can be a blessing and if it gives you a couple of weeks just to get the players back, you know, work on their fitness and that, and just even if you just get two or three of them back in the squad for the next game, that's a real boost to everyone, you know, particularly where Leicester are missing the senior players like we've spoken about. Just quickly about Harvey Barnes, I'm absolutely delighted for him because it's, it's tough when you get injured like that, when you have such a bad injury. I think it's, you know, the, to be fair to the club, I think it's a fantastic gesture because there's a lot of clubs out there who don't care about their players and they're injured and they don't worry about it. But this lad is such a fantastic player. He's done brilliant up until his injury. And, you know, the best is yet to come. And you've got to protect your assets as well. You know, if you've got a kid who's 22, 23 years of age, you don't want him getting down anywhere near the last two years of his contract and then all of a sudden he's only got a year left and he disappears on a free transfer. You don't want that. You've got to protect your asset. It's a fantastic move by Leicester. It's a great gesture. And they've got to give him that little bit of time, Harvey, just to get back to his fitness. You know, I, I didn't suffer with too many injuries, Dan, but I did have a knee injury when I came back. I got a couple of goals in his first two or three games and then you have a dip because the fitness is there and all the others have been playing football, etc. And you have to have a five, six games where it doesn't quite go for you, but then you come out the other side and then you get back to where we all want him to be. It might take nine or ten games, but I think eventually we will see the real Harvey Barnes back and he'll be back on the fall. In fact, he'll probably be better than what he was when he had the injury. It must have been so difficult for him watching last season unfold towards the end of the season because A, how well he was doing, as we referenced, and B, what happened with the FA Cup and, and then what happened in the league as well. It must have been incredibly difficult for him to kind of only be able to watch and, and not be able to have the impact that he had had across the whole season. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that's what you play football for. You want to play in an FA Cup. I mean, who doesn't want to play in an FA Cup final? You know, it must have been really, really frustrating. And then, of course, the situation with that last day, you know, with the Champions League scenario. And there's no doubt, absolutely no doubt, a fit Harvey Barnes would have given Leicester just that little bit extra 
that maybe could have been a difference in terms of qualifying for the Champions League. But it's, it's gone now. Mm. And it must have been really hard for the kid to, to watch it and see all the lads enjoying themselves and do what they're doing. You know, so I, I think to reward him financially is fantastic, to give him the security of the four-year contract and, and issue the challenge and say, come on, Arby, let's get you back to where you was and we'll help you along the way. And I think it's, it, it's, a, it's an absolute no-brainer for, for Harvey Barnes and for Leicester City Football Club. Yeah, we'll, we'll do one word before I move on then, Jerry, on, on Kieran Dewsbury Hall. I know Walshie brought him up there. A Premier League debut for him, a, mm-hmm. another great moment for him. And, and he absolutely, I was going to say one for the future, but that's wrong. He's, he's certainly one for now, isn't he? I'm very doubt. I think you've seen it when he came on. He he uh, struck the lovely ball again. I'll, a bit like Ricardo to set up Ian Acho <clears throat> later on in the second half. I mean, it was a lovely little ball across the face of goal. And all right, people say, yeah, it's one ball across. But just in that move, you could see the composure and the awareness of his play in a, in a very pressurised situation. You know, and he couldn't do any more just to put it on a plate for Kelechi, let's face it. But yet again, now he's a player that just oozes class, this guy. Absolutely. And, uh, I think he'll get a few goals as well, Jerry. Yeah. Like I said, I've watched him. And he's a, his work rate is phenomenal. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see more of him. And, um, and his ability to, you know, to change play. He, and he's got two feet. Um, he, he is a good player, honestly. I, I, Muzzy kind of has told me this for a long time. He's coached him uh, along with Harvey and some of them, and Hamza and, and these lads, you know. And he always told me that this dude's be all. And I went to watch him down in a, a game at uh, Holmes Park and I thought he was the only one that stood out for me in that Leicester team. And, um, and, and, in, and it's nice he's been given his chance. I think, I think if he gets a run of games, i.e. five, six games, you'll see him grow in, into that midfield position. And again, you've got another potential Premier League star on your hands, which usually mm. on. What well, another statement from the club as well, isn't it? With their, with their academy, the players coming through the academy. Mm. You know, not, not just players that sort of get in the team and play one or two games. You know, the players that are coming through that potentially could go into the first team and play many, many games for the club. You know, they deserve great credit with the, the, the youth system and the academy and the, the talent spotting, the scouting, the, all that goes on to bring players to the football club. And, you know, Leicester, Leicester have got it right across the board at every level of the club and they deserve great credit for it. Yeah, everything seems to be working, doesn't it, for Leicester City from top to bottom. Uh, any results in, in the Premier League that caught your eye, Tony, across the weekend? Uh, well, I listen, the standout one for me was the Man City-Arsenal game, wasn't it? I mean, to, to have Arsenal Football Club bottom of the table, three defeats, no goals scored. Oh, you know, I mean, I've got friends around me who are Arsenal fans <laughs> getting absolutely <laughs> mad. Um, but, you know, but you, you have to remind them and say, well, look, you've had the good times. You won your FA Cups and you got the Champions League finals. You had the Invincibles and all that. You know, there's many other clubs where they haven't had anything like that sort of success. So you, they've got to keep their chin up and, and get on with it. But, you know, I mean, there's worrying signs at Arsenal, I think. You know, I think Arteta has... I think they've got Norwich at home next game, followed by Burnley, which is, you know, that's the last team you want to play. So if they don't get that result against Norwich in the next next round of games, then I think Arteta's going to be under real pressure. Um, did anyone see David De Gea's double save against Wolves? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's got to be... I mean, we, we saw some unbelievable saves, didn't we? From so Catholic to be fair though, Batesy, I mean, it came straight at him the first one. <laughs> it did, it was straight at him. He didn't really, you know, he's in position, yeah, which he would be as a keeper. The reaction for the second one, you know, 
was definitely the one that that, that made it a doubles uh, cracking save in the end. But um, to me, there were you know I think he. If I say he should have saved it, it's probably a little bit harsh. But um, the first one definitely straight at him. Re- reaction, I'd have put my hands up there anyway and saved that. I'd have caught it though, put my cap on it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was a terrific save, it was, mate. Uh, right, OK, on that note, the, the thought of Walsh being a, a goalkeeper for Manchester United, let's move on to the, the final <laughs> bit of the show, um, which is our football Jenga. So, Tony caught a part in this a couple of weeks ago when we did it. Basically, I'll give you a topic and there'll be a list of answers, obviously, for it, and you've each got to take it in turns to give an answer. As soon as you give one wrong, then you're out. And then it'll be last man standing, basically. So, we're going to do a fixture like we did a couple of weeks ago. And that fixture is last time Leicester played in the Premier League uh, and won at Carrow Road. So, it was in 2015, Leicester City won 2-1 at Norwich. Now, I want you to obviously take it in turns and give me the names of the players that were in either the Leicester or the Norwich squad that day. So either of the 11s and the substitutes as well. All the subs uh, you can name, even those that didn't come off the bench. Um, and then as soon as you give me a wrong answer, you are out. So it was, it was September 2015, or October 2015 rather, the 3rd of October 2015, Leicester won 2-1 away at Norwich. Walsh, it won't take long then, you know that, don't you? It won't take long. It won't take long, yeah, exactly. Um, Walsh, you can kick us off, you can start by giving us the first name, please. I'll go Casper. Uh, Tony? Jamie Vardy. Jerry? Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, right, round we go then, Walsh, so you're next. Um, Old Brighton. Where's Morgan? Christian Fuchs. Me again. Yeah. Kante. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Jerry, don't shake your head like that, Jerry. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm now, I'll say. Might be too early for Mares. He was on the bench, yeah. Danny Simpson. Oh, shout out. Oh dear. That's me, Don. <laughs> <laughs> you might uh, win it by default. Is it, it subs as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh. What about Ben Hamer? <laughs> I remember that year because I used to go out to him. He used to give me his. Oh! <laughs> no. Am I out now? I'm going off piece. Where's Hulahan? Correct. He's, he's got this. I think. Come on, Jerry. Leo Azua. Oh, what's that? Where did you produce that from? Uh, um. Trouble now. Um. How long does he get, Batesy? Won't need long. Um, 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 uh, uh, Max Aarons. Mm. No. 
Oh, Jerry. Uh, Jerry. He's, he's got to get one to win, though, hasn't he? He's got to get this yeah. now. Yeah. Correct. Well done. <laughs> Comfortable victory, Tags. Come well done, Jerry. <laughs> well done, Jerry. Yep, so the starting line for Leicester was Casper Schmeichel, Danny Simpson, Christian Fuchs, Robert Hooth, Wes Morgan, and then you had Schluck, Albrighton, Drinkwater, Kante, Okazaki. Uh, who oh, was mentioned, yeah. and Jamie Vardy, of course, on the bench for Foxes. Uh, Mark Schwarzer, he was a sub goalie, Walsh, oh, 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 uh, oh, Johan Benelouan, Richie Delat, Gokhan Inlet, Andy King, uh, Riyad Mahrez, and Leo Ojoa. Uh, and then I'll quickly run through the Norwich team, or the starting 11 for Norwich anyway. John Ruddy, Sebastian Bassong, Robbie Brady, Russell Martin, Alex Tetty, Stephen Whitaker, Wes Hulahan, as, as Tony obviously said, uh, Johnny Housen, Matt Jarvis, Graham Dorrance, and Cameron Jerome as well. Wow. Um, so yeah, but well done, Jerry. Then your first win of football, Jenga. Well done, Tex. Um, and that's <laughs> about it, really, for uh, for extra time. Then after Leicester City beat Norwich the weekend, I hope you've uh, you've enjoyed it, guys. And bring on Millwall, Batesy. Bring on Millwall. Exactly. <laughs> and we had two red cards against them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a Jerry Taggart boom as well to, to start yeah. this new season, which is yeah. nice. Anyway, thank you very much, gents. Thanks a lot, lads. Good Good to you. All the best, lads.